broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. How many points will the Raiders score on Saturday is the big question, right? Of course, it doesn't matter wins and losses, but you want to see a team go out there. You want to see them on the road, and you want to see them go out there and execute and see what they can do. You know the plethora of weapons that the Silver and Black has. We don't know who's going to be playing. We don't know who's going to be out there as far as starters or you know guys trying to scrap and claw and fight to try to make the roster. But uh, you want a good showing no matter who's wearing the Silver and Black and who's out there representing on Saturday for game day. But it's still Friday, so we got a little bit of time to talk about it here on Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon Cotton, in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio and uh, got a big day for you today. Excited about the guests that we have coming up on the show. Excited about the different conversations that we'll have here on the show today. And, of course, we always want to hear from you throughout the course of the show at 702 705-9200, 3659200, Salmon Ash Text Line 69187, keyword R&R. Before we even get started, don't forget that tomorrow myself and Damon will be out at the Ahern Hotel from noon to 2 doing a little pregame, pregame type uh, show. Uh, of course, JT the Brick and Eric Allen, they'll take over from noon uh, from 2 to 4, excuse me, leading into kickoff uh, for the Raiders and Miami Dolphins. But myself and Damon, we will be at the Ahern. We invite you to come on out, hang out with us 12 to 2. There's all kind of drink specials going on. There's uh, happy hour specials going on, so a lot of food deals going on. And they have a really nice showroom that we're going to be there broadcasting the uh, broadcast from so you just definitely want to go check us out and oh by the way we'll bring surprises along at the same time so uh, noon to two Ahern Hotel I'll remind you a couple more times throughout the course of the show but we'd love to hear from you and see for, see you tomorrow just check us out at the Ahern of course we'll tweet out some more information about it a little bit later on in the day and of course in the morning so you know exactly where we're at the exact location uh, but we definitely want to invite you out there uh, multiple times to come out and hang out with us. Now, coming up on the show today at 2.30, Vic Tafer from The Athletic, he'll join the show. He put out a, a piece on The Athletic about guys that you know really need to have a big game, who he's going to be focusing in on, and it was five guys. So he put out this piece. I was reading it. I thought it was a really good one. thought, you know what, let's reach out to Vic and get him on the show so he could talk about it. A couple of the guys that are on this in this article he, are guys that we actually been talking about, right? So uh, we'll get Vic's thoughts coming up at 2.30, not only about the guys that are in his article, but just how training camp's been going, how this team is being put together, what he's been seeing, what kind of storylines he's been uh, hearing or seeing at training camp that he may be kind of focused in on. So Vic Taver will join us coming up at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, Jermaine Illuminor. We had his media session yesterday. We wanted to play it on the show. We just ran out of time. We had too many guests on the show, and of course, uh, we heard from Raider Nation a lot throughout the from the text line and the phone line, and we just frankly ran out of time. So no problem. All good. We'll play that Jermaine Illuminor uh, media session coming up at 3 o'clock. He's a guy that, you know, has had a, had a lot of, um, you know, tough situations. And not tough situations because he was putting them. He put himself in these tough situations, and he admits that. You know, he had an opportunity to, to you know, really carve out a, a role for himself in Baltimore, and he blew it. Had an opportunity to carve out a role for himself in New England. Blew it. Had an opportunity to carve out a role for himself last season with the Raiders and blew it. So at least he recognizes it and, to his credit, is getting another opportunity, 
right? A lot of times guys don't get another chance on top of another chance on top of another chance. Jermaine Illuminor is getting that other chance, and, uh, and now you know, it seems like he's focused and realizes that if he doesn't get it done this time, he might be on the outside looking in, but he's gotten his uh, weight right. He's gotten his body right, his attention to details right. And the one thing I'll say about Jermaine Illuminor that really, uh, and I think uh, Ed Graney said this to me this morning. I was on ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and Ed Graney said this to me about the fact that head coach Josh McDaniels brought Jermaine Illuminor, decided to stick with Jermaine Illuminor here in Las Vegas. He didn't have to, especially after Jermaine blew it in New England. So he could have said, oh, I already know what this song and dance is all about. I'm not going to bring this guy in. So obviously there's some kind of belief, there's some kind of uh, talent that Josh McDaniels really sees in him and believes in him, and Coach Priscillo, uh, the offensive line coach, believes in him as well, or else they wouldn't have given him this opportunity. So uh, maybe it's been through conversations that they had. They know that he's focused now. He's ready to rock and roll. I don't know. But it was kind of not surprising, but when Ed pointed it out to me, I thought, yeah, that's a good point. He was there in New England when Jermaine Illuminor was trying to get it done and, and just blew that opportunity. For the most part, you blow an opportunity. I know this is how I am. If you blow an opportunity with me, then that's how I'm going to think of you all the time. You know, like, oh, well, <laughs> he had a chance. It didn't, didn't really, uh, you know, didn't, didn't take advantage of it, so clearly he doesn't want it. So there must have been some kind of conversation. There must have been some kind of actions that head coach Josh McDaniels and offensive line coach Carmen Brasillo saw in Jermaine Illuminor that make them believe this guy has an opportunity to do something on this offensive line. And look, due to injury or, or just bad play along the offensive line, Jermaine Illuminor might actually be needed a lot more than we all expected when this whole training camp started. So you'll hear from him coming up at 3 o'clock. Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, he'll join us at 3.30. He always joins us to kind of catch us up on the business side of things, uh, the Allegiant Stadium, the numbers of people that have been in there, the money, the revenue that it's created uh, in like nine months is incredible. He's put out a few different uh, articles. He was also on a call yesterday with Sandra Douglas Morgan, the uh, president of the Silver and Black. So he'll catch us up to all things kind of business side when it comes to the Raiders, when it comes to Allegiant Stadium, when it comes to the tax money that is being spent on the hotel rooms when people come to town, and, and that's how they're paying for the stadium. And let me just tell you right now, a little, a little preview, they're way ahead in the money that they're creating with just the, the hotel tax revenue. They're way ahead of where they even expected to be. So uh, needless to say, Allegiant Stadium has been a, a massive hit for Las Vegas. It has been a, a big-time attraction. Not that nobody knew that, especially saying the Super Bowl is going to be here, not this, uh, you know, this next Super Bowl, but the one after it. So that lets you know that everybody and their mother wants to be in Las Vegas. And so there's a lot of money being generated because of that, uh, that beautiful building called Allegiant Stadium sitting right there off the strip. So we'll talk to Mick Akers coming up at 3.30. At 4.30, Sam Gordon from the RJ as well, he'll join us. And he's courtside every single uh, Aces game. Every single one of them, including the playoffs, saw the uh, Aces get their victory on Wednesday night to take a 1-0 lead over the Mercury. So he'll join us to kind of preview Saturday's game. Also, he's put out a couple pieces on Sandra Douglas Morgan. And, uh, you know, so he's had an opportunity to talk about or talk with the president of the Silver and Black as well. So we'll get his thoughts on the Raiders. We'll get his thoughts on the Aces as they're uh, getting ready for their second playoff game coming up on Saturday against the Mercury. And if they win this game, DeMond, on Saturday, then they're on to the next round of the playoffs. I mean, it's just the best out of three, so uh, they can get this thing quick done quick, fast, in a hurry. The Mercury, they're they're banged up. They're injured. You know, they have, there's a lot of uh, young ladies that are out of the lineup, so they should be a team that the, the Aces kind of run through kind and get, get uh, over with pretty quickly, as they should. 
There's no reason to mess around and have to play extra games. You don't want anyone getting injured. And that's, like I said, that's what really the Mercury have been dealing with, a bunch of injuries. So we'll talk to Sam Gordon about the Aces and their playoff run coming up at 4.30. So that's the guest that we have coming up on the show today. Uh, got a lot to get to, excited about it. Plus, of course, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show at 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Now that you know the guest coming up on the show, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Got a couple text messages already. I'll start the show with these before I even get into the first topic. Uh, got a text from the 661. McDaniels is a man of his word. Everyone gets a clean slate, and I think that's why Illuminor was kept on the team. Uh, that's a good that's a good point, and that clean slate is something that everyone's been talking about quite a bit as of late. That is something that uh, not only Josh McDaniels said, but uh, multiple coaches have said as well that are on that on that staff. Like, hey, don't worry about what anyone did before. It's a clean slate. Now, the thing I'll say about that is, again, Josh McDaniels had Jermaine Illuminor in New England, right? So he had him there in New England, and so if he realized that he didn't he didn't live up to what he was supposed to do when he was there and then still didn't live up to what he was supposed to do with the Raiders. It's almost like that clean slate has been used and burned a couple times, right? But he's given them another opportunity. So, yeah, you, you bring up a great point with the clean slate, uh, but when you get – I don't want to say get burned multiple times, but, you know, the guy doesn't live up to the billing multiple times. Usually, especially in the NFL, knowing that it stands for not for long, it'll be over quick, fast, in a hurry. But Josh McDaniels has held on to Jermaine Illuminar, and it sounds like – he is really, you know, understanding his opportunity that is in front of him, and he's taking full advantage of it. So, again, we'll hear from Jermaine Luminor coming up at 3 o'clock. Uh, also, Sir Whiskey Ray, real quick, said, uh, Happy Friday, gentlemen. I'll say that today is not a red polo shirt day due to it being laundry day. <laughs> However, that won't stop me from chiming in on tomorrow's big UFC fight. Usman, Usman, Usman. My boy is going to get it done a big way tomorrow night, throwing down a few bucks on a KO. Anywho, looking forward to our Raiders playing some solid, clean football in Miami and hope that we get out injury-free. Okay, it's happy hour somewhere. About to get my whiskey on. Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, uh, Damon, you are from the fight game. You got to show the fight game on 1230 The Game. Um, I know we talked a little Usman Edwards yesterday, but you see Sir Whiskey Ray on the text line right there talking about Usman, Usman, Usman. Are you all good for that one? Oh, yeah, all the way. Like, yeah, put the money on the knockout. <laughs> I think he's going to win. Maybe not, not by knockout, but, hey, he's still going to win that fight. So, so risky way, may, may win a little money. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. Uh, thank you for that text, Sir Whiskey Ray. Enjoy your happy hour. Make sure you do it safely. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into uh, what I wanted to talk about, the storyline. And, and, and Well, actually, that's what it is, storylines. But thank you for those texts off top, 69187, keyword r You can chime in at any point of the show. Uh, like, like we've gotten two text messages already and, of course, 702-365-9200. I do want to talk about storylines. That's exactly what – my focus was going to be on today. It's a it's a Friday. We're feeling good. You know, the Raiders play tomorrow. So, uh, you know, a little bit of expectations. We talked about, you know, who we're going to be looking for, what we're going to be looking for in tomorrow's game. I just want to know, Raider Nation, what has been the best storyline from camp so far for you? Like, what is something that you've heard reported, something that you've seen, something that you realize, just some storyline that's gone on since camp has opened up to where we are right now. Now, this might take a little bit of critical thinking. This might not be all of a sudden that just all of a sudden, boom, pops off the top of your head. But storylines, I'm looking for the best storyline for you. 
It doesn't necessarily have to be my best storyline, but your best storyline. Whatever just kind of, like I said, pops out to you and you say, man, I can feel good about that. And if you don't have one, let me know. You know what, Q? There's not a storyline that, that, that stands out to me right now that, that makes me feel really good about either this team, an individual player, uh, anything. I mean, there's a lot of different things that have gone on since the end of the season, since that playoff loss to Cincinnati to where we are right now. There's been a ton that has gone on with this team. So I'm looking for that storyline that's the best one for you. And I'll say for me, and it's funny because I, I went back and forth on this in my head with multiple different subjects because I, I really think that there's a good 8 to 10 storylines that I could roll out right now if I want to. I think that head coach Josh McDaniels the way that he seems to be embracing Raider Nation and embracing the traditions of the Raiders. And I'll tell you right now, being at the Hall of Fame game and seeing him dial up that first play of the game as kind of a tip of the cap to Cliff Branch, that caught my attention. I asked him about it the next day. And, you know, he said, yeah, you know, that's, that was a shout-out to Cliff Branch. That was a shout-out to Mr. Davis, you know. And so that already caught my attention. And then he doubled down, you know, because some people can say, oh, that wasn't him. Someone else did that. What, you know, that was, that was just whatever. They, they, can, they can say that. But then he doubles down on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium following the game and gives props to Raider Nation for being loud and providing the kind of ener um, the energy that was inside of Allegiant Stadium. And, you know, now that he's – and he said it himself, now that I'm on this side of it and I see Raider Nation, I understand why players would want to come play for you know, this organization and this fan base. Like, he understands the fan base because everyone's not going to understand Raider Nation from a distance. I say it all the time. It takes a special person uh, to be a, a Raider fan. It takes a special person to be a Raider, in my opinion. I don't think that just anyone, uh, you know, can do that. You know, and, and, and I was one that was very skeptical when Josh McDaniels was hired. When he was first rumored to even be in the running for the job, I thought, and I, I thought selfishly, I thought, oh, man, we're not going to get any kind of good, good coverage. We're not going to get any good uh, you know, conversation during media sessions. He's not going to give us any good answers. It's, it's, really, it's going to be tough to actually do our job. And it's been anything but that. I mean, do we sometimes stand in the corner and you know, observe practice from a distance? Sure. But when it comes down time to media sessions, Damon, and you know, because you're, you're in the background cutting up all these uh, <laughs> media sessions, he gives very detailed answers. He doesn't just, you know, brush you off. He'll allow you to ask a question and then even, okay, let me, let me uh, you know, follow up with, with this. I mean, he's been very – he's not going to give you a whole lot as far as, you know, a bunch of details on, well, is Darren Waller holding out or is he injured? And, you know, hey, he's working back for some things. But for the most part, he's been pretty stinking good. And I think anyone who covers him now – in the Raiders media, I think would all tell you that they've been pleasantly surprised by head coach Joshua Daniels. So I could think of a ton of storylines that have gone on so far, but I think the best one for me, being a lifelong member of Raider Nation like I am, is the fact that the head coach is embracing who the Raiders are and Raider Nation and what it means to put on that silver and black. I think that that, for me, is probably the number one thing. But that's, like I said, that's just me being a lifelong Raider fan. Damon, do you have one that, that could pop off at the top of your head? Yes. For me, it's going to be accountability and running laps. 
when the running laps, okay. you know, first came out, that was like the biggest story I feel like for all of the local media was, hey, man, somebody has a bad snap, they're running laps. You know, someone's dropping the pass, they're running laps. And people were saying like, hey, that's unheard of in the NFL. NFL teams don't get down like this if somebody makes a, a mistake that they're going to be running laps. So for me, that's a big storyline of just how this team is taking that accountability because we hear it so much from every player when they're up at that podium. They're just saying like, hey, these new guys, they're holding us accountable, the new coaching staff and this new regime. So take, taking the laps, that means something to me. Yeah, you know, and I, I've heard multiple players, you know, come to the podium and, and when they're asked certain questions that they feel like that that's not a question that they should be answering, they say, hey, uh, you got to refer to the coach on that one. Like they, they all, it feels like they've all bought into what he's telling you. And uh, I think it's pretty easy to buy into what head coach Josh McDaniels tells you when he's been to the Super Bowl as many times as he's been there. You know, and I know it wasn't all him. But he's been there, done that. You know, he's got some skins on the wall. So, uh, obviously, he, he's got a pretty good idea of what's, you know, what's going on. So, I, I think that, that you know, you, you bring up a, a really good point about the, you know, the accountability, the running laps. And, look, let me, let's make no mistake. Every time there's a mistake made, someone's not running laps. There's a couple times that we'll joke on the sideline when there'll be a false start or there'll be a bad snap. We're like, oh, someone's running a lap. And then nobody's running a lap. So, it's not every time. But it's enough, right? It happens. We know that it happens. We see it happen right in front of us. We've seen Max Crosby run laps. We've seen multiple offensive linemen. Hell, we've seen Derek Carr run laps. I mean, it's just, it, it just is what it is. You know, if there's mistakes being made at times. I even heard uh, there was a, a bad snap on, uh, on, on Thursday, and you heard someone on the far sideline say, that's a lap. That's a lap, right? And that was, that was like a player. So they recognize it as well. Now, that guy might not have taken off and actually ran the lap, but they recognize, like, okay, that's supposed to be a lap right there because you messed up. So uh, I think that – and this is something that we talked about quite a bit on the show. The attention to detail is definitely there, and all the players on the team, all 85 as they have them right now, they're all aware of the attention to detail. So I think that's something that uh, the Raiders team and organization has needed for a long time is that attention to detail and they're finally getting it. So uh, that's a really good one, Damon. I, I like that. But hit us up, Raider Nation. I want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Also, the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. &R. Uh, Damon, who's up first? Raider Dave in Denver. Raider Dave, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, man, I'll be quick. I think the score is going to be 31-13. I think we branch that or get ahead of that 31 or that 30 uh, count. And I think uh, the happiest thing to me is that Carr hasn't thrown a pick all season or all offseason. So, I'll just go ahead and hang up on myself before DeMond does. All right, there you go. And thank you for the call. And, well, unfortunately, Derek Carr did throw an interception yesterday. Uh, Nate Hobbs got him on a really good play that you just have to tip the cap. Derek Carr even ran over to Nate Hobbs later and said, hey, uh, great play. It was supposed to be a dump off to, I believe, uh, Brandon Bolden. And Nate Hobbs just shot the gap and, and intercepted the ball and took it to the house. So that was the only interception that Derek Carr has had. So far in, uh, in training camp, and he's obviously has had none in the preseason because he hasn't played any in the preseason. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, the only, that's the only interception that he's thrown. So uh, I still wouldn't feel bad. I still think it's pretty good uh, since they're you know, taking on Miami tomorrow. And, and, hell, Tua's had three interceptions in one day. He's had five interceptions in one day. So uh, not, not too bad. But uh, thank you so much for that, for that call, my man. I appreciate it. Let's go ahead and hit the phone lines one more time. Damon, who's up next? Mr. One Putt. All right. Is he a golfer? Mr. One Putt, what's I, up, Doc? I am definitely a golfer. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? <laughs> good, good. Hey, uh, we'll weigh in on the storylines. I think one of the ones that's kind of underrated is that the team feels underrated. I think they're playing, they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. They're picked to go last in the division and coming off a of playoff season. I, you know, I think it's a, 
it's a great opportunity for the team and to uh, to gel that way. And uh, you know, to put it in golf terms, I mean, you gotta you can't shoot par on the first hole. You gotta work your way up every hole, every chip, every putt. I think that's what you're seeing with this team, from confidence to to building everything uh, to running laps. I think it all weighs into that. I like it. I like it. Good stuff, my man. Appreciate the call, and uh, that's the way to put it in a uh, golf perspective, man. Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, but yeah, the team. You know, the team could be the storyline. Right? I mean, because think about this. Think about all the turmoil that this team went through last year. Right now, they don't have that, right? They don't have that. They're actually focused in on, I don't know, football, <laughs> right? Which is pretty unbelievable after the, the, the year that uh, not only the team had, but Raider Nation had it. Because I feel like everyone at Raider Nation uh, went through the agony of that last season all, all with the team, right? Obviously, it weighed way heavier on them than it did on us. But it's almost like you, you, you were kind of – you were feeling it with them, right? I mean, it's like when the season ended, it was almost one of those big, you know, let some, uh, you can exhale. It was, it was, I mean, seriously, I mean, for me, I know, you know, I was like, okay, now you can let your hair down a little bit because you know that there's no stress coming next week or whatever. And again, like, it's not about me, but it's just, it's just funny that I feel like Raider Nation really was riding with the team last year and going through all the ups and downs with them. And, and just, it was like a roller coaster, right? And, and I'm not one for, uh, for roller coaster rides, but it, it, was, it's, it was like the ultimate roller coaster ride in 2021. So for the team to be able to just focus in on football and just go out there and try to win games and have a coach that, you know, chose to leave where he was to go and, and try to take this team to the next level, saw the, the weapons that are there and saw what this t- team was capable of doing and said, hey, let me go there and try to make it better. And then having a gym, GM like Dave Ziegler said, hey, let's pull the trigger and go get Devontae Adams <laughs> and let's go get Chandler Jones and let's make this team the best that we can. Why not? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. So I think that's a really good storyline right there, the team. That, that's good stuff right there. Tomorrow, do we have another call or you want me to hit the text line? Text line? All right, that's what it is. 69187, keyword R&R. Got a couple here. Jordan in Southern Utah said, I think the rotation of the offensive line is the biggest story to me. It's clear that this regime means what it says when they say anyone has a chance to take a spot, and I think the O-line rotation is proof of that. And I think, and we'll talk to Vic Tafer in just a few minutes, I think that that's going to be shown on Saturday. You know, that offensive line rotation, I think it's going to tell you a lot if Alex Leatherwood starts in the third quarter like he did last week or if he starts the game. I think that there's, uh, you know, there's a lot to that offensive line rotation. I'll be interested to see if Thayer Munford is out there on Saturday. You know, he left practice on Wednesday, wasn't out there on Thursday. Of course, they traveled today, so uh, don't know how, what his health is like. We'll find out before the game, or we'll find out during the game if he makes an appearance or not. So that's going to be interesting because I feel like Thayer Munford has all of a sudden put his name into the conversation. So we will see exactly uh, how that goes with that offensive line. But Alex Leatherwood could end up starting at right tackle because he's earned that job, or he might end up starting at right tackle because of default, because they have no other options, right? If, if Thayer Mumford happens to be out for a while and Jermaine Illuminor, they decide, hey, you know what, he's not going to be the right tackle, but he's going to do this, that, and the other, then that might open up the door for Alex Leatherwood to, to be that guy. And, and I said it yesterday. I said it on ESPN Las Vegas this morning. I don't think that Alex Leatherwood and his confidence is where it needs to be right now. And I'm hoping that maybe having an off day and traveling and preparing for the game tomorrow, hopefully that can help him clear his mind. But that's, that's, I feel like that's what he's got to do. And it just seems like a few bad reps got into his head and he wasn't really able to shake it. So hopefully, and we'll see. We'll see on, on, on Saturday. I'll tell you right now, I don't know if he's going to start the game, but I guarantee he plays in the game. 
I guarantee he plays at some point. That'll definitely be something I'm paying attention to. But uh, thank you, Jordan, for that text. I appreciate you. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. 702-365-9200. DeMond, who's up next? Anthony in Minnesota. Anthony, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, not much, man. How you guys doing? Uh, we're great. Fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, storyline for me is really the no is the non-storyline. I mean, like you said just a minute ago, there's no off-the-field issues, and that roller coaster ride was just killing me. You know, ever since even like Jack Del Rio leaving and Gruden coming in. And, you know, one of the things I want to mention is that every time there's a regime change or there's a new election, someone's elected or hired, mm-hmm. I get this kind of sick feeling in my stomach. Like, I didn't want to have, you know, Josh Daniels brought over. I didn't want, you know, to win with the Patriot way and, and knowing how good he was. But it's just life. I've learned that. I've always come to kind of settle in with it. And I got to give credit to, you know, Ziegler coming in and Josh coming in and really kind of, really, you know, not a whole lot of talk about that way. And they really come in with a sense of professionalism. And the things they've done with Minta Carr, yeah, I know there's a way out if he doesn't really perform, but there's no more, what about Carr? What about this? What about yeah. that? The problem in the past was the, you know, one or two-year deals, and I get it, man. It just seems like some of these picks we picked up in the last regime are kind of working out, and they came in and said, yes, we're committed to you, Carr, Renfro, et cetera, you know, uh, Max Crosby. And I feel like this is the first time in a long, long, long time where I feel like we have the uh, the real team. And I'm so happy about that. So that's kind of like what I think is uh, is the non-storylines. I know we, when they all came in, worried about them talking about, you know, you know, the Patriots. But, man, this is Raider way. And I love what they're doing. The last thing I want to mention is a lot of talk about how well we're playing, how well – you know, Miami's not playing in the preseason, this, this, or that. Just want to put a, you know, temper that. I've seen a lot of teams come in and all of a sudden they flip-flop in the season. Now, I don't think the Raiders yeah. are going to flip-flop. Right. I think this is real. But let's just say, hey, man, go Raiders! There you go. It's my guy Ant Dog right there calling out of Minnesota. Appreciate that call. And, yeah, man, you can't get too excited about the way a team plays in the preseason, man, because I've seen teams go over in the preseason and then go out there and ball out during the regular season. And on the flip side of that, I've seen teams play really well in the preseason and then stink. In the, in the regular season. And you don't want that to ever happen. Again, I always reference that Art Shell team uh, that second time around. Uh, I thought Art Shell was onto something in the preseason. And then all of a sudden they went out there and won two games with uh, what Tom Walsh as the offensive coordinator. Man, that – oh, man, I get – I, my feelings get hurt just thinking about that. So I'm going to go ahead and leave that alone. 2.26 at a time. Keep those text messages rolling in. 69187, keyword R&R. Before we take a quick break, I do want you to know we just added Eric Moody from ESPN. He's going to join us at 3 o'clock. So we're going to have to push Jermaine Illuminor back again. I'm sorry, Jermaine. But he, we just, he's going to join us at 3 o'clock to talk about the offensive weapons that the Raiders have. Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Derek Carr, obviously, how he thinks that the offense is going to be uh, used under Josh McDaniel. So Eric Moody from ESPN, he'll join us coming up at 3 o'clock. So Vic Tafer's next, Eric Moody at 3, Mick Akers at 3.30, Sam Gordon at 4.30. Star-studded affair like we always do. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Aaron hit us up on Twitter. I think the biggest storyline is how different this organization is being run. 
With all the turmoil that was last season, to see Ziggler, McDaniels, the new president, Sandra Douglas Morgan, that is the biggest storyline. That's according to Aaron on Twitter, and that's the question that I've been asking. What has been the best or biggest storyline from camp so far, in your opinion? What have you heard or seen that you're feeling pretty good about? And I mentioned the fact that just head coach Josh McDaniels is embracing the Raiders and embracing Raider Nation and rocking that silver and black. Tip of the cap to Cliff Branch at the Hall of Fame game. Shouting out Raider Nation on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, you know, for being in Allegiant Stadium loud and proud, making that kind of environment for a preseason game. Again, that was a preseason game, and I've been to a few preseason games. I hadn't seen an environment like that, so I thought that was uh, pretty awesome. And, again, salute to the crowd for making that happen. Joining us now on the phone lines from The Athletic is our good friend Vic Tafer. And, Vic, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. You put your piece out highlighting five guys to watch in Saturday's game against Miami. Uh, outside of the five guys that you talked about, what kind of position What position group do you think this game is, is biggest for? Good question. Um, I'm trying to figure out something. I guess all the uh, defensive tackles. There's a lot of guys in that front line on defense who I think are kind of wondering where they're at. I and mean, we've got Hankins to make this week uh, and Nichols. So I think there's a couple spots open depth-wise. So a lot of bodies. So someone needs to step up and, uh, and make some plays. Yeah, no, that you're right about that. And the defensive tackle, especially after we saw what we saw on Sunday when uh, the Raiders were able to be ran all over by Minnesota. So uh, somebody needs to step up, as you mentioned. And uh, with Hankins coming back and Nichols coming back, do you think that that is enough at that defensive tackle position? Or do you ultimately believe that the Raiders may have to go outside the building and bring some other talent in? No, I think it's enough. I think you know, Hankins is your run guy. I think um, ideally Nichols the guy and get some, some pass rush wiggle in there. I think Dylan shows enough that, he can be another run guy. I think they got the young guys. They like Farrell Jr. He hasn't done much in the preseason, but uh, coaches are high on the guy, so you think that his learning curve hopefully will be will be pretty quickly on, on the rise. So I think that's enough. I think you know they're going to mix things up. They're guys on the edge who can get the ball job done. So I don't see a huge need for uh, Indomitian Stewart or somebody like that. Going back to your piece about the five guys watching Saturday's game, Alex Leatherwood obviously is a guy that we're always going to pay attention to. He's one of the guys, and he started the third quarter against Minnesota. How how critical is it going to be? What will you learn about Alex Leatherwood just by when he plays on Saturday? Yeah, that's a tough question because I think um, I feel like the coaches already have their mind. They say it's wide open competition, yada, 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 but I feel like they have their mind made up. They know what he is and what he could be, so in my mind, it doesn't really matter when he plays or where he plays because they kind of know what they have. They kind of want to see other guys, what they can do. So I, I'm not sure he's going to be starting the right tackle in this league for them, but uh, you never know. So it's kind of, uh, to me, I think they're looking at matchups, trying to get guys different you know, matchups. So I just think for him, I can't really take too much into where he plays or, you know, or, or what part of the game he comes in for. You mentioned that you feel like they have a pretty good idea of, of what they're going to do along that offensive line. How many spots do you think are already solidified? Are there any in your mind that are up for grabs right now? Well, I still think the right tackle job is open. and I think even Lester Cotton, I don't think he definitely won that job. I think the problem is that there aren't guys right now on the Frazier market who they're really excited about. Otherwise, it'd be at camp. So I think they're waiting. They're, they're, I mean, uh, I'm sure they're scouting other games around the league and looking at guys who are in the bubble. So any veteran tackle or guard, I just let go. I could definitely see them making a move. That guy could come right in and start week one. Talking right now with Vic Tafer from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Red Nation Radio 920. My man, DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Vic, the wide receiver room, I think that it's getting real competitive over there. We saw that Demarcus Robinson was released earlier in the week. So what do you think that someone has to do to stand out and maybe make that fifth or sixth receiver slot on the team? 
Yeah, I feel like Tyron Johnson's right there, and the coaches like him. They just want to see like some some big plays and games. They want to see that speed, you know, come to uh, fruition. So I think he's right there. I can show all the hard work he's improved. Uh, they like his attitude. I just think he has to make some plays to kind of lock down that last spot. Is this is the competition in the running back room? Is it uh you know is this bigger for Kenyon Drake? Because I feel like my gut feeling tells me he's kind of on the roster bubble. What are you what are you getting out of that that uh, that running back competition? Yeah, I totally agree. I think they're going to try. They're trying to trade him. I think to me, when veteran running backs get a lot, especially guys who are injury prone, coming off injuries, they get a lot of carries in the preseason. Right. Yeah, a huge alarm goes off. Like why? The why? I mean, they know what Kenyon Drake can do. It shouldn't be like he's to prove himself. So. To me, they're trying to see, all the teams can say, that guy looks like he's healthy, looks like he's back to where he was. So, uh, to me, it seems like Abdullah is a guy they like a lot in terms of a third down back. So, I totally think that uh, Kenyon Drake is going to play a lot. And I do, I do think for them, someone makes a phone call and tries to trade for him. You know what's funny about that is that I'm with you with Amir Abdullah. It feels like that he's already earned a job, and he was the first guy I had cut, right? When, when, when he signed, I was like, oh, he's just going to be a camp body. And he feels like the guy that if anybody is solidified, it's him. Yeah, definitely. I think he's come in in great shape and has worked hard. But sometimes when these new regimes come in and they bring guys in, like, well, that guy's not really that big a deal. But obviously they brought him in for a reason. They really liked him and you know, what he's done in terms of the skill set and how he fits into their offense. So. That's why you always hear about the new regime of open mind, but they also have their guys. They brought in for a reason. He's one of those guys. Yeah, he really seems like he is. Again, we're talking with Vic Tafer here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, how about <clears throat> excuse me? How about Luke Masterson, uh, the linebacker? It seems like him and Darian Butler are making some noise. Uh, what are your thoughts on Masterson, what he's been able to do so far as a rookie? Yeah, he's been gritty. I mean, it's, you know, for me, it's always hard to judge because these guys are, uh, well, he's playing, you know, driver's time against the guys who aren't going to be in the league, so, but all I can do is make plays when you're after. I think he's wearing the green dot now. He's showing he's got some attitude to pick up the defense pretty quickly. They like his work ethic and attitude. So, yeah, for sure, those two guys definitely have a chance to, uh, to make this roster. You know, when you look at Masterson, and anytime we asked uh, anybody, it could be Antonio Pierce, the linebacker coach, it could be Josh McDaniels like it was on, on Thursday, it seems like they almost get a, a extra little smile or, you know what I mean, a little whatever in their eye when they, see, when, when they hear about Masterson. It seems like they really like him in particular. Yeah, I think that in terms of just some a guy who's kind of jumped out, I mean, I'm sure the scouts told him this guy was, you know, former safety and made some plays, but I'm sure, like, yeah, whatever, we'll see what he does, but he comes in, he makes you know, tackles against the run, which is definitely something they want. So, for sure, he's made a case for himself. So, now he's got two games left to, uh, to make an NFL roster. Yeah, Vic, Trayvon Mullen returned to practice earlier this week. Do you expect to see him playing in this preseason game, or just maybe the Raiders are just going to let him sit and ease himself back into play, playing shape? It didn't seem like it. It seemed like McDaniels was kind of hitting out that he's kind of slowly still coming along. They're going to bring him along slowly. So, I could be wrong in terms of my read, but. My guess is he won't play this weekend and plays the next game against the uh, against the Patriots. I really think he needs to be out there. We were talking about this yesterday. I, I was saying fifteen to twenty snaps. You know, just give him some. Vic, he hasn't played in so long, <laughs> right? And and you're right. It does sound like McDaniel's is going to bring him along slowly. But don't you think it'd be good just to see him get a little bit of burn with this uh, against Miami on Saturday? Yeah, especially since he's one of those guys who you have no idea what the staff really thinks of him. They say nice things, but you don't know what they think about Trayvon Mullen. I mean, he's been good in the past. I wouldn't say he's been a clear-cut number one, number two guy. So, for sure, it would be nice to see him play and kind of get more idea of what the coach is looking at as far as his role. Who do you think is the leader in the clubhouse right now for the backup quarterback job? Uh, quarterback? Yeah. I think it's Jared Sloom's job. Uh, I thought it was his job since day one. I think he knows uh, – 
offer. He looked to me, he looks poised in there. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He's made some plays with his legs. So I just think he seems like the players are definitely bought into his personality and his leadership style. So to me, it's a done deal. I, okay, I thought, see, I was with you. I thought that Jared Stidham, it was his job as well. Uh, and then on Sunday, it looked like Nick Mullins made a little bit of noise and kind of closed the gap a little bit. But that's where I was at, especially when they traded for him. I thought, okay, this guy's definitely going to make the squad. But um, do you think this game is big for Mullins or, or, like you said, a done deal for Stidham? I don't think so. I mean, I think ideally for them, you know, because now the Packers squad, they can have better guys on there. So you can ideal a guy you keep around with a third quarterback on the practice squad for insurance. But, I don't. I don't get the sense that he's in any kind of trouble. I think um, I could be wrong, but I just think he's he was like another guy they brought in for a reason. He's played well enough. It looks to me he looks the part. So I think he's he's his job. I know Demond asked you earlier about the wide receiver position, but DJ Turner he uh, looked pretty good in the return game on Sunday. Obviously, he had a touchdown catch and run as well. Uh, how big is this game for him on the Saturday? Yeah, he's got to stack up you know good performances. I think he's a guy clearly in the bubble, and to me. In my mind, this is probably not fair, but he's a, he's a great practice squad player. He's a guy that can do different things. Again, the little insurance policy. I'm not sure he, to me, screams out as an NFL receiver and, and one had depth chart, but um, he's making a case for himself. So, again, you got to keep making plays and give the coaches no reason to, uh, to not have you on the roster. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, Vic, before we let you get up out of here, how about Thayer Munford? He was a guy that we talked about a lot last week. Uh, obviously, he played, uh, you know, in, in, in the game, and then all of a sudden he got injured this uh, this week, and he left practice on Wednesday and didn't come out there on Thursday. Uh, any concern? Do you think that uh, that he might be out for a while? No, I'm not hearing the updates. I don't get the sense that it's that serious. I get the sense that Parker's definitely uh, a lot more serious. I think Parker will be out for a while. But I'll get that sense with Munford. So, uh to me, I'm not sure he'll play this weekend, but I think he's a guy who clearly has made the roster, at least as a depth guy. I don't know if he'll start right away, but if they like him, I think he's done enough in, in his playing time to show why. Can he be that uh, that that swing tackle that this team is looking for? Maybe. I think I, it's tough for me because I was I was thinking a veteran guy is better suited for that. Illinois kind of played both spots yeah. uh, in the preseason so far. So, but I think Munford's, if not there this year, he's probably has his role pretty soon. I mean, the end of the year or next year, but Clearly, he's a guy they like and for his size, and he's got a pretty good feet. So I think he's a guy that they have record in for the, for the future. Again, Vic Tafer put out his piece about five guys. He highlighted five guys to watch in Saturday's game against Miami. Out of the five guys that you highlighted, Vic, and we'll let you go on this, who's the number one guy that, that we have to be watching out for out of the five guys? Uh, I'm going to go with the, the guy I talked about, Masterson. I think Masterson's a guy that makes some plays, and that's kind of a – the, the coaches like him. I think there's probably some doubt he's ready for this. So make some plays and show that you are and definitely ready to take the next step. So he's got to build on what's done so far. Otherwise, he's probably going to be a practice squad guy. There you go. Great stuff from Vic Tafer from The Athletic. You got anything else coming out, or are you going to be doing something following the game? Nah, after the game, we're going to probably look at who, you know, the risers and followers and uh, nothing too big. I'm trying to fire it up for next week, man. The uh, <laughs> Patriots come to town for those two workouts, so it'll be a lot of fun. I actually yes. have a chance to learn something and see some real matchups. Absolutely. As long as they don't put us in the far corner. <laughs> That's all I ask. Don't put us in the in the far corner. We'll be okay. But uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you next week, Vic, and I appreciate your time this afternoon. All right, buddy. Stick it. All right, there he goes. Vic Tafer right there from The Athletic. And, yeah, he's not wrong, man. We're going to learn a lot of things about this team next week during joint practices, probably a lot more than we're going to learn tomorrow. But tomorrow's a game day, a game day setting. It's going to give guys an opportunity to go out there and make plays and, and – create an argument for why 
they should be on this roster. So many thanks to Vic for uh, his time this afternoon. Again, if you missed Eric Moody from ESPN, he'll be joining us at 3 o'clock to talk about the Raiders' offense. So that's coming up in about 15 or 16 minutes from now. But we want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 69187, keyword R&R. Also, 702-365-9200. What's been the best storyline from camp so far? What have you heard or seen that's made you feel pretty good about this team? Let us know about it. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a ton of text messages to get to, 69187, keyword R&R. Also, you can hit us up at 702-365-9200. Looking for the storyline, the best storyline from camp so far. What have you heard or seen that you feel good about? Um, I could also talk about, when I look at storylines, I could look at some of the players that have opportunities to prove who they are. You know, going back to Lester Cotton and his, uh, you know, his testimony about being out of the league. He was completely out of the league and then decided he was going to change things around, change his life, get out of his own way, figure it out. And now he's got an opportunity to possibly be the starting right guard for the Raiders this upcoming season. That's a hell of a storyline right there. Jermaine Illuminor, we talked about him quite a bit. All these guys. There's, there's, there's really a lot of different guys that have opportunities to make a name for themselves. And we'll see if, what they're able to do. But there's some, there's some real characters on this squad that are being put together right now. And, and, you know, again, if they create the – if they, they make the cut as far as the 53-man roster goes, it's a good little storyline in itself right there. Uh, but got a lot of text messages I wanted to get to. We got Eric Moody from ESPN coming up at 3 o'clock. The mathematician hit us up. I know this is kind of water on the bridge, but I still kind of help. But I can't help but say I really wish the Raiders would have found a way to trade back up into round one or round two and gotten a right tackle because now we have all these doubts heading into the season. I'm honestly afraid – that the O-line is going to be the Achilles heel and can limit the success this year. And to waste the season with all the talent this team has is unacceptable. Great. First of all, good text, mathematician. Appreciate you, and I love that the, the name stuck. Um, there, there's, that could be a possibility, right? I mean, there's so many people that are very high on this, this Raiders team, including myself. But I think that we all know, and we'd be foolish if we didn't, that if the offensive line doesn't do their job, it could be tough sledding, right? I mean, we could talk about, well, you could scheme to get the ball out of Derek Carr's hand quick, fast, and hurry, but you also have to have the run game too. And we saw last season when Josh Jacobs couldn't run. He'd run literally into the back of his uh, offensive line and go nowhere. And there was media sessions, and Demon, you were in them, where he was standing at the podium and was like, y- y'all see it. I can't go anywhere. I can't do blank. What y'all expect me to do. Right, exactly. I mean, that's, that was his exact words in the media session. Like, y- y'all see it. I can't do anything. And then last year, towards the end of the season, when the run game started going is when, what? The offensive line started to come together. So, yeah, um, spot on. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that they necessarily had to trade up to the second, you know, the first or second round to go get a right tackle. But, you know, maybe address it a little bit more. And I, I know that the other day when we were talking about uh, surprises, that's when uh, Shashi – he hit us up and was like, my surprise is that the offensive line was bad and they really didn't do anything to address it. So I think that your concerns are very valid and anyone who doesn't have any kind of concern about the offensive line is just trying to convince themselves, not us, but trying to convince themselves that it's not going to be a problem. I want to see it. I believe in the coaching staff. I believe in the players that are out there, but I also want to see it come together. Remember, preseason's only preseason, but they've given up nine sacks in two games. Just remember that. Geese Mode said on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R, 
My favorite storyline of the offseason is the ascension of Nate Hobbs. When I think of nickel corners, I think of the third best corner on the roster. But since Nate was drafted, everything he's been asked to do, he absolutely has crushed it. It seems like the game is never too big for Hobbs, and him settling that bar on every duty on every duty asked of him shows me he's a true Raider. I'm excited for him to show out this year and give a little something-something in it. He's got a little something-something in his neck, like you say, Q. Let's go Raiders. That's from Gizmo talking about Nate Hobbs, and that's been a fun storyline as well. That's a good point. I was talking about players, certain players that you could think of. Nate Hobbs has been a good one, and because the fact that he's that good. And it seems like he is stepping up and trying to take every challenge that this coaching staff throws his way. If they want him to line up outside, cool, he'll line up outside. He wants him to line up in the slot, he'll line up in the slot. No problem. And I'll say, it's funny, you mentioned that the, the slot position is like the third, the third uh, you know, best corner on the roster. The slot position might actually be the best one because that's, that's the hardest position to play. You know, you don't have the, the luxury of having the boundary that you could use as an as a extra defender. When you're in the slot, man, I mean, the field is wide open like some old-school TV antennas. You don't know what direction that a wide receiver is going. So to be a really good slot corner, is that's, that's something special. And for Nate to have the ability to do both, I'll say right now, I have no problem saying it, he's the best corner on the roster. I have no problem saying that. He's better than Trayvon Mullen. He's better than Rocky Sin. He's better than Darius Phillips. He's better than Anthony Averett. He's the best DB that the Raiders have, Nate Hobbs. I have no problem saying that. If they start him outside, fantastic. If they start him in the slot, fine. It's all good. Whatever they decide to do. But Nate Hobbs, hands down, in my opinion, is the best DB on this Raiders roster. And it's not even close. And I think that, and I think that Trayvon Mullen is good. <laughs> right? I, I think he's good. I just think that Nate Hobbs, like Gizmo said, has a little something extra in his neck that, that takes him from being good to being potentially great. It's just it's certain things, certain elements separate guys, right? You could be good all you want, but do you have what it takes? And, I, and DeMond, I'll use you as an example. I saw your tweet the other day where you're like, I got something extra, I got something different in me, and it was like an x-ray of two dogs in his chest. And I kind of laughed at it. But, I, but, I mean, that's, that's what you're going for, right? Everyone, everyone could be good at something, but if you, you know, you got that dog in you like you tweeted out, that's extra. That's something that everyone don't have, right? I mean, that's, that was your point when you tweeted that out. Oh, spot on. Built that's different. That's what I'm saying. See, you're built. Yeah, you're definitely built different. <laughs> <laughs> you my brother, but you're built different. <laughs> we, we, let's get a call in real okay, quick. Okay, let's get one quick call. 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Bernard. Bernard, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, thanks. Thanks, you guys. Hey, it's one of Couple of quick points. Hey, my my biggest thing uh, that I'm looking forward to seeing, our biggest acquisition, I think it's Josh McDaniel, man. Okay. I mean, he had he has had the the best internship of any of the new coaches, first year coaches this year. I think that's being uh, highly uh, underrated with a lot of the, I, I guess you want to say the, the national media media or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But I mean, he just has a comments about him, man, and. It seems like there's no obviously there's no situation he hasn't been around, and to, to use the Denver thing uh, kind of against him that was so long ago. And if you really look into it, a lot of things happened when he when he first got that job. He had to take on GM duties and stuff like that. So people are not putting that into consideration. But it starts at the top, and I, I mean he just looks so calm. I think he's just ready to unleash this team when they get to the regular season. And it seems like they're doing everything with a purpose. So. And uh, and with Nate Hobbs, I mean, 
he got he got that swag, man. He he's not Charles. He's not. He, he kind of reminds me of Charles Woodson a little bit. Didn't come from as highly um, a school and with as much praise, but he just. He looks like he just know what he's doing. He looks so comfortable no matter where he's at. Yeah. And when Charles Wilson went to Green Bay, he, that's when he got unleashed. He was good with the Raiders, man. But when yeah. he got to Green Bay, they moved him all over the field and all pro, defensive, league, defensive player of the year. But Josh McDaniels, man, I, I just can't wait to see this team in the real season. Hey, great call, Bernard. Appreciate you. And, yeah, it's a good storyline right there. Josh McDaniels himself. You know, he left the comfy, uh, you know, surroundings of New England where he was a longtime offensive coordinator. And, you know, he probably could have had that job forever. And he decided to take the Raiders job because he saw something he liked and wanted to be a part of it. And that's I mean, that's a hell of a storyline. And I'll tell you what, he does look confident. He does look like he, he's ready to, to go ahead and unleash what he's got to unleash with this team on the rest of the NFL. I mean, just from seeing him every single day of practice, I'll tell you, there's a there's a calm confidence about Josh McDaniels. That's a really good. Uh, call my man I do appreciate you 256 at the time coming up next we're going to kick off hour number two of the show Eric Moody from ESPN going to talk about some Raiders offense Darren Waller Devontae Adams Derek Carr Hunter Renfro Josh Jacobs and more this is Raider Nation Radio 920